You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM with Mankiran and Natasha, and we are speaking to Dr. Neha Shivhare. She's a program leader at UBC and also teaches at SFU. We're talking about how we can use mindfulness techniques as a tool to deal with pandemic-related back-to-school anxiety. Neha, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, Mankiran, and thank you for having me with you. You're so welcome. Now, it's already school is back. Time is flying this year. So what are some tips for parents on starting another school year with COVID? How do we ease the anxiety? Mm, that's a good question, Mankaran. I mean, like all of us are facing those situations where we are, we are feeling anxious. Um, I would say, like, first and foremost, open and respectful communication among parents and kids is very important. Parents need to acknowledge the fears and concerns of their kids to let them feel heard. Um, and the next step should be to make these conversations positive and supportive to normalize the situation. And this can require like asking open and neutral questions. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we tend to ask questions like, oh, are you feeling nervous or are you feeling worried? So rather than asking such questions, if we ask, oh, tell me about your feelings, Tell me uh, how this makes you feel. Those kind of neutral questions can open up a better conversation and would can lead to like a positive uh, further conversation. So, and then be attentive and note down what makes your child feel concerned. Help your kids in identifying and accepting their concerns and feelings. Then parents can also use an informed approach to find answers to their kids' worries and questions. And at the same time, also train your kids to use scientific ways to find fact-based answers. Uh, most importantly, our approach should be to empower our kids and equip them with the right knowledge and tools. Um, also, we can and we need to model the right kind of behavior and habits by not being too worried or emotionally weak ourselves because, you know, it, it gets reflected and kids are quite smart at catching up these things. So parents should also discuss the efforts that schools are taking to ensure a safe opening. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I would say is that avoiding avoidance is very important and dealing with fears can help us in alleviating anxiety. Yeah. And activities like deep breathing, zooming out, all those can be helpful. And if parents feel the need, then they can also uh, contact a therapist. So, yeah, like being mindful of how things are going on. And having a positive mindset can be very helpful. One thing I, that I'm really catching what you're saying is positive add to attitude and mindset. How important is it to have that, especially? Oh, that's uh, that's really uh, important here because positive attitude, I would say, is a virtue. It's a value. It's something ethical, and so it is much more than just a mindset. And why? Because first of all, our attitude can be explained as consisting of three components. And these are like cognitive, emotional, and behavioral components. So as such, what we think and how we feel and behave are the results of our attitude and further result in some form of attitude, thus forming a cycle which can either be positive or negative depending on how we decide to uh, to think. So it is our choice that plays the main role here. And secondly, our attitude toward any situation not only influences that situation, but also the people involved in it. So what this implies is that our attitude affects our own self as well as others, and we can discipline our mindset to have a certain kind of attitude, whether positive or negative. 
Uh, there is ample research finding to prove the physical, mental, social, economic, and environmental benefits of positive attitude. It becomes our responsibility to discipline our mind to nurture a positive attitude toward life and everything around. Uh, even like according to positive psychology, our well-being depends on our uh, attitude on how we perceive things. Uh, that is how we evaluate our experience on cognitive and affective or emotional levels. And the good news is that having positive psycho-emotional traits and attitudes are adaptive. So research has also shown that positive attitude uh, results in neuroplasticity in improving our brain structurally and functionally leading to several uh, health benefits. Um, this can also help in uh, developing self-compassion, leading to better social dynamics and interconnectedness. Uh, in short, I would say positive attitude can improve the overall quality of our life. And what it requires, most importantly, is just mindful living. Very interesting thing Neha. And when you talk about, you know, being having a positive attitude and as a parent myself, of course, my children are teenagers. But I feel for the parents who don't want to go to school and you mentioned some exercises. So can practical exercises that we can incorporate with our children so that they have this positive attitude as they go forth into the new school year? Yeah, certainly, Mankiran, and there are several such techniques, you know, such as focusing on breathing, visualization, journaling, singing, observing natural pleasant phenomena like sunrise or uh, observing a river or a creek, uh, deep breathing exercises, yoga, dancing. Uh, basically, I would say any activity that encourages us to become focused on the present and activates our mind and stops us from our routine thinking and identifying with our mind uh, can help us in practicing mindfulness. How about just switching off from any technology, TV or even for the parent, just getting off their cell phones? Oh, that is so important because, you know, a lot of times we do this thing to divert ourselves from stress and anxiety. We will just focus on our cell phones or television and which is, which is not good because it just create this vicious cycle because we are avoiding avoidance and we are avoiding our fears and then those further keep perpetuating so yes it's so important and you know continuing on the conversation of mindfulness neha how can it create empathetic communities oh that's such a great question um so you know there there can be several explanations for this answer for this question um i would Try to keep it like simple. So you know our relations with others are based on our relationship with our own self. So for example, to be compassionate with others, we first need to be self-compassionate. Even when counselors are trained for counseling others, they are encouraged to explore and learn more about themselves first before understanding their clients. Because our internal self-talk, mindset, perceptions, biases, you know, all these play an important role in how we perceive others and external situations and how we react and respond. So, therefore, the more aware we are of our cognition, emotions, and physiology, the better we can manage them and better we can connect with others. So, um, uh, to be able to understand how others are feeling, to be able to develop that empathy, we first need to identify and understand our own feelings. And research shows that repeated 
uh, uh, that you know if we practice mindfulness consistently then it helps in connecting better with our own self and consequently with others so because we learn to be present in the present which is essential to let others feel valued and we can hear them better we can understand them better Mm-hmm. Well said there, Neha. And finally, what are some tips you have for families to help reduce their stress? Um, as I mentioned earlier, like open and respectful communication among family members is very essential. Avoiding negative strategies for coping and stressful situations such as, you know, like turning on TV or focusing on our phones uh, to divert our attention uh, because such behavior might seem to help momentarily, but then eventually it harms us. Or respecting and acknowledging each other's feelings and being attentive and and listening empathetically is is very important to support each other and also establishing healthy routines, setting priorities, incorporating joint mindfulness exercises, planning out regular breaks to which all the family members can look forward to are all a simple but important ways for effective stress management and above all. self-compassion and love for each other are the most important ingredients, I would say, without which nothing else can work. Mm-hmm. So love and compassion are not just nouns, they are verbs, and they require intentional effort. We have to give up our ego. We have to stop identifying with our mind to be loving. And mindfulness, yes, has the potential to help us love ourselves and others by calming down panic centers of our brains and reinforcing positive emotions. <laughs> Neha, thank you so much for your time once again. We really appreciate it. You have a wonderful long weekend. Thank you so much and thank you for having me on the show.